today we're wrapping up a sermon series about anxiety. Uh, and this is based upon a book by Max Licato. We've got a picture of that here. We've been studying this, Anxious for Nothing, uh, Finding Calm in a Chaotic World. You don't have to have read the book to go through the sermon series or anything like that, but it is a good uh, read, and it takes you deeper into all that we've been talking about and dealing with anxiety uh, in the midst of all of this. And we've been using some definitions. Uh, I want to pop up again just to feel anxious. We can go to that next slide. Is uh, characterized by extreme uneasiness of mind or brooding fear about some contingency. To be worried. It comes from a Latin word, anxious, which means to choke. Anxiety can kind of choke the life out of us. Uh, anxiety is not a sin. It's not, not wrong, but uh, it is an emotion. But it can become overwhelming and sometimes can really interfere with our lives. Some of us uh, have anxiety disorders. That is an intense, excessive, uh, and does not go away. It gets worse over time, and the symptoms interfere with everyday life, like such our job performance, school performance, our relationships. And uh, if this sounds like you or anxiety is just overwhelming, uh, we hope this series has been helpful for you. And also, maybe God has also given you uh, a, a, a nudge, maybe to seek some help from a doctor, from a counselor, uh, from a pastor. Pastor Lindsay and I would love to talk to you about this or helping you find a good fit to, to deal with an anxiety disorder that you might be struggling with. Um, we've been looking into the Bible to find help from God. We've been specifically uh, in Philippians 4, 4 through 8. We've taken that verse by verse. We're going to do the last verse today. Uh, and we have this acronym for CALM, C-A-L-M. Uh, we've talked about celebrating God's goodness, asking God for help, leaving our concerns with God. And today we're going to meditate on good things. So glad you're here to be a part of this. If you missed anything, you can find those on our website, southpartchurch.com, the, the uh, earlier series messages that we've done on this. And last week, we talked about uh, the perfect storms in our lives, that anxiety comes from storms, things that happen to us, not just like physical storms, but like the loss of a job, the loss of someone that we love. And sometimes more than one things come together in the, this perfect storm. And just want to thank those of you who came up to me after the service during Coffee and Donuts last week and just shared some of the storms that you've been going through and how God has gotten you through those storms. We have a married couple in our church that was talking to me about what happened to them in the course of 10 days. They had two car wrecks, weren't their fault, but they had two car wrecks. Um, this is a husband and wife. The wife had to have some surgery not related to the car wrecks. Uh, and then her husband, uh, his mom was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, and then he got COVID, uh, and then at the end of that period, she was able to go to her new job, but had to wear a mask because she didn't want to give anybody COVID, right? All that happened like a 10-day period. Perfect storm, real people in this church just like you, and they said, we got through it with God, our family, our friends, our church family, right? So when you're in the storm and you're facing anxiety, Beautiful thing about what we do is we're not alone. And so that's a real-life example of how God is at work in the lives of our congregation through some storms. And so I just love to see that God is working and doing things. and gives me hope, right, because we all face our own storms. Last week we talked about how the Apostle Paul, who wrote this letter to the Philippians that we've been looking at in chapter 4, uh, was talking about just like being positive. Like we talked last week about how a lot of us use the phrase, if only. If only I was thin, I would be happy. If only I was in a relationship, I'd be happy. If I only had this job, I'd be happy. If only I was making this much money, I'd be happy and I wouldn't have any anxiety. And we talked about how that's a dangerous game, that there's always going to be something else uh, that's down the road. And so we, we talked a little bit about instead of using the phrase, if only, what if we use the phrase, already? 
what is God already doing in my life? Who are the people in my life? What are the blessings in my life? I've started listing the things that are already good in my life. That helps reduce the level of anxiety. And so today we're going to continue kind of in that positive thinking mindset from Paul as we look at this last verse in this, in this series that we're looking at, verse 8 from Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, think about as you're combating anxiety. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. We combat anxiety by thinking about the good things that are in our lives. There's a lot in our lives that causes us anxiety that we cannot control. Things that other people do, circumstances that are beyond anything that we can control, and that adds to our anxiety because we... We're, we're out of control. We talked about that in the very first uh, sermon in this series, like control and, and how that, that affects anxiety. But I think what Paul teaches us today is that even though there's things that we cannot control that cause us anxiety, there's something that we can control that will combat that, and that's our, our mind, our thoughts, what we focus on. Now, when anxiety comes, we're going to have negative thoughts that just come in, and we can't control those, but we can let them come in and let them go out. But what we're talking about today is how do we manage our thoughts that we focus on the good things that Paul talked to us about, right? So let's look at another passage of Scripture. This is in the Old Testament. This is from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 4.23. Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life, right? Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. So we have this situation that we think is going to happen or something's happened, it brings us anxiety. We have this initial gut reaction, right? But we can also take a step back and just, all right, well, let me calmly think about this situation and what's going on. I love this quote by Max Licato, the writer of this book. This is what he says, healing from anxiety requires healthy thinking, right? Your challenge is not your challenge. Your challenge is the way you think about your challenge, right? Your problem is not your problem, it's the way that you look at it, right? So I've got something to deal with. I've got a problem. I've got an issue. I've got something going on, right? I'm going to have to deal with that. But, but how am I reacting to that? What's my thought process in that? Maybe think about you're the air traffic controller for your mental airport, right? You've got all these thoughts going in and out, in and out, right? Some of them it feels like you can't control, and you've got to let them go in and let them go out. But for the most part, you're the air traffic controller, that can control those thoughts and how you approach the stressful situation that you're in. I want to read Proverbs, I mean, um, Philippians uh, 4.8 again from a different translation. This is the New Living Translation. Uh, it's pretty similar, but there's one word that sticks out to me. I want to show it to you. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix, right? Remember this word, fix. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise, right? So fix, right? It's, a, it's an action. So, you know, it's a verb, right, to focus. But the Greek word that's behind this English word, right, the New Testament was written in Greek because that's what they wrote in back in the day. All right, let's go to the next slide, right? The word for fix in the Greek is from logizomai, right, which in that you can see the word logic. Okay, so as we think about dealing with anxiety, Paul is teaching us that we have to approach it with a calm, logical approach. Right? We're going to have the emotional gut reaction. We've got to allow ourselves to feel that, to have those crazy thoughts coming out. But at the end of the day, we've got to kind of step back, and we've got to think about uh, what it is 
uh, that we're going to do. We can think logically about what we're going to do. Um, let's go to the next slide here. We're going to jump back to Proverbs again. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. Right? So we have the anxiety, but, but what are we going to tell ourselves Right? that's admirable and true and all those good words that Paul used that we consciously want to, to think about? Right? So what I'm asking you to do here, the next slide, think about what you think about. That's kind of funny, but think about what you think about, right? So this happens to me. This is causing me anxiety. Let me take a step back. What's my reaction to that, right? How have I responded to that? Is it a gut reaction? Is it a logical reaction, right? Think about how you're thinking in response to this, right? It's it's self-awareness. It's taking a step back and looking at yourself. How am I responding to this? Am I running around with my head cut off? Am I panicked? Am I jumping out the window? Like, Like, what's going on? So, you know, for example, like if you got a, a call from your doctor's office, said the test results are in, we need you to come back in to talk about that, right? That's kind of like your boyfriend or girlfriend saying, we need to talk. You know, it's like you get this message, like, right, if you're me, like, or I'm, I'm going to go to the person, like, this is not good, right? The doctor's calling me in, he's going to talk about this, and right, immediately I'm going to start thinking, I'm going to, I'm dying, I've got some kind of disease, like, I'm cursed, right? God hates me, right? This, this is this, the worst news in the world, or I could take a step back and say, you know what? It's probably something that, that's not just easy conversation, but the doctor's going to bring me back in. If it's something negative, right, I'll face that. I'll face it with my friends. I'll face it with my family. I'll face it with my God. Right? I don't want to jump to conclusions. Maybe it's a, a complication, right? Maybe it's they want to do further tests, right? But to take a step back, right, this is what's happened. What's my initial response? How am I going to respond to this moving forward? Am I going to let anxiety take over, or am I going to take over this situation? Um, there's a woman that has a daughter whose name is Rebecca, and uh, age 13. And by age 13, uh, Rebecca has had 55 different surgical procedures. She spent over a thousand years—I mean, a thousand years, a thousand hours of uh, a thousand days. I got to get this right. A thousand days of her life, like three years or more, in the hospital. Right? And so the doctor had just said to the mom and the dad that Rebecca is facing a, p- a potential stroke. Right? This is the next thing that might be coming down the line. Right? After 55 surgeries, after 1,000 days in the hospital, that's the last thing you want to think about, right? all this anxiety. And so um, what she, her response was she didn't want to think about the stroke. She didn't want to think about the negativity stuff. She literally got out, uh, Philippians 4, 8, and she started listing the things in her life that were good and admirable and true. And she started thinking about the doctors and about Jesus and about her children, about her daughter, about how far they've come. And she just said, I have to combat this anxiety with goodness. And so she, she went through all of those things in the verse. And she began to make a laundry list of all the good things that are in her life. And it helped her. Right? And so... If you're facing anxiety, if you're facing something stressful, something hard, uh, let the bad thoughts and feelings come, right? It's okay. We we have to deal with that. But hopefully usher them out, right? Be the air traffic controller. Get this verse out, right? List those things and begin to think, what's true in my life? What's noble in my life? What's praiseworthy in my life? And guide that, right? It, It helped this woman in a terrible situation. 
But sometimes stuff like that is just so heavy that, that we don't have time to make a list of all those things, right? We're just, it, it's, it's our wits in. We can get out of bed. We're facing all this anxiety, right? And so if, if it's hard to even go through that verse, it's hard to go through that list. If you can only do one thing, I would say this, right? Cling to Christ, right? Because Jesus is all the things that are listed in that. He's noble and he's trustworthy. He's admirable. Right? Everything that's listed in that, that's who Jesus is. And to say, Jesus, I need this goodness in my life. Right? I need you. Right? I need to cling to you. I want to read you some scripture from John's gospel. This is Jesus talking about uh, himself in a relationship. And he says, abide in me. Right? Cling to me. And, and, there, and there's like 10 verses. I'm just going to read you a couple of these. In 10 verse, or 7 verses, he says, abide in me 10 times. Right? Abide in me. Cling to me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine. You're the branches. Right? Think about a vineyard. Like you have all these grapes and all this stuff. There's like this big vine that grows. And then from that, the branches and the grapes come out from that. Jesus says, I'm the vine. Right? Abide in me. You are the branches. You can bear fruit. You can deal with anxiety. Right? He or she who abides in me and I in them, it, they, right? it is they that bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Right? Jesus said, when you are dealing with anxiety and you, you can't deal with anything else, cling to me. Abide in me. Right? Make me your home. Right? What's a home? It's a place where we're comfortable. It's a place where we're secure and safe. It's a place where we're familiar. Jesus said, come and cling to me. Right? It's kind of like a dad who has a four-year-old daughter, and they're getting ready to cross a busy road. Right? He would be a terrible father if he said, here's a map. Figure it out for yourself. <laughs> or, hey, let's see if you can make it through the traffic on your own, like the video game Frogger, the old school, you know, right? Or, oh, I'll just, I'm going to meet you at home, find your own, own way there, right? Like, when we're going through anxiety, right, we're like the, the, we're like the four-year-old daughter, God's the heavenly father, right? He's not going to send us out and, and doing things like that. What's the dad going to do with the daughter? He's going to hold her hand, and he's going to walk across the road with her, right? And so what God is saying to you is, hold my hand, Right? Hold my hand when you're facing anxiety. Hold my hand when you're hurting. Hold my hand when you're scared. Hold my hand when your world's falling apart, when you're losing the job, when you're getting the diagnosis, when, when you're getting dumped. Right? Hold my hand when you're not where the next meal's going to come from, or you're, or you're financially ruined, or you're majorly in debt. God says, hold my hand. I am good. I am noble. I am admirable. I love you. I created you in my image. I have great plans for your life. You can make a difference in this world when you face anxiety. Hold my hand. And we ask, well, how do we hold God's hand? Right? Because we, we can't see Jesus like you see me right now. Right? But God says, hold my hand when, when you talk to me right, in prayer and you listen to me. Hold my hand when you study the word of Jesus. Hold my hand when you come to church and you sing and you raise your hands and you cry out. Right? Hold my hand when you put your arm around another member of a church whose, whose brother has just died, right? Hold my hand. We can do that in tangible ways. And, and Paul says that when we focus on the goodness of Jesus, that we abide in Christ, right? That we will rule over anxiety. What are you facing right now? What anxiety is weighing heavy on your heart? What are the good and noble and admirable things that you can look to? 
Are you ready to cling to Jesus and grab his hand and know that you are loved and that you are not alone? So what's the point today? What's the big idea? What's the takeaway? I think it's this, right? Meditate on good things. What are the good things in your life? Meditate on the good things. And at the top of the list is Christ, right? So two ways to specifically do this. We talked about them already. First, think about what you think about. When anxiety comes, what's your reaction? Take a step back and say, how am I going to think about this issue? How am I going to think about this problem? How am I going to think about how God can help me move through this? And then secondly, right, cling to Christ. Abide in me, Jesus says. Abide in me. Cling to Christ. Hold Christ's hand and know that God will help you deal with this, right? So our whole series, again, I just want to go back to the scripture that we've been looking at, Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Um, if you've been here with us, some of this will look familiar. If you're new with us, take joy in this. Go back and watch some of the former series. Read the book. But this is where God sends us to deal with anxiety. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say it, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Next, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, Jesus is all these. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And then we have our acronym for CALM, right? Finding CALM in a chaotic world. We celebrate God's goodness. We ask God for help. We leave our concerns with God. And we meditate on good things. Go back to this when you face anxiety. My oldest son, Luke, uh, just turned 16 last month. And uh, I was going to take him to get his driver's license at the DMV. He had done his 60 hours of driving, of his permitted, you know, for about a year, all that kind of stuff. And so you make appointments at the DMV about three months out. And I didn't realize that. I got in a little bit late. And so there was nowhere in Charlotte or Union County or anywhere where I could get uh, an appointment. So I went on the DMV website. It's a really good website. I looked at every DMV in the whole state. No kidding. The only one that worked for us was in Lumberton, North Carolina. Anybody know where Lumberton, North Carolina is? <laughs> it's, two, it's two hours away, a little more than two hours away. And so we scheduled it for uh, a day that Luke had a teacher work day. I thought we could go the day before. We spend the night. We hang out. We get up. I had a, it was like mid-morning appointment. Go get his license. Come home. All right, we'll do that. That'd be great, right? So... You guys remember in January we had those, those storms and they canceled school a couple of days? Well, one of the days they canceled school, he had a basketball game, so they rescheduled it. So, he had a, so now he has a basketball game the night before we're gonna, supposed to go to get the driver's license. So his games are 7.30. We usually get out 9.30 or 10. So um, like, okay, we're still going to go, right? Because we don't wait three more months. So Luke played in his basketball game. Uh, he, he played well. The team had a hard loss. And so all right, we get home around 10 o'clock. Uh, we get the car all packed with our stuff, and uh, we're just, you know, we're feeling kind of dejected over the, the loss. And then we get in the car, and I'm caffeining myself, you know, so I can drive and, and that kind of stuff. And we're talking about the game. And, and so, so we we get to the hotel a little after midnight. We get settled in, and we finally get to bed around 1 o'clock. And 
he can't sleep and I can't sleep. We're stressed about the game. We're stressed about the next day. Um, and uh, you're in a new place. You're in a hotel. You know how it is. And so anyway, we got up the next day early, went down and got some breakfast and look outside and it's raining, right? Take your driver's test in the rain. Great. This is going to be fun. So we packed the car up and uh, let Luke drive around some to get familiar with the area around the DMV there in Lumberton. And so we pulled in the parking lot. You can't be there before 15 minutes before your appointment, but we, we got there right at 15 minutes before, just going over everything, praying and getting ready to take Luke in. And then we see some people come out of the DMV, and they walk up to us and said, hey, if you're here for the DMV, sorry, man, the power's out. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. Right? The power's out. We're like, all right, Luke, let's go in and talk to him and see what's going on. Sure enough, the power's out. And the, uh, the DMV's right on I-95, like this big corridor. And across I-95, they're doing this construction. And one of the big machines knocked the power pole over. Right? So, like, we don't know when it's going to be back on. If you can sign your name, we'll call you. We'll reschedule you. I'm like, well, all due respect, hey, guys, you know, we're from Charlotte. <laughs> we spent the night. We're two hours away. And, like, is there any way we could take this test today? We're like, we can't if the computers are down. Like, we'll take your number. Like, we'll call you. Right? And, and so, anyway, so we go back to the car. And I'm just, like, dejected. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. Right? Are we going to have to stick around to see if it works? We're going to have to go home, come back, do the whole tail thing again. Luke's got to text his coach. I might miss practice tonight. You know, just we're tired. It's raining. You know, frustrated. We didn't sleep. Like, my anxiety level was high, right? And so we sit in the car. So I text my wife, Laura, what's going on? She's like, I'm praying. I'm like, yeah, I'm praying too. I'm like, and I'm also thinking, you know what? I really got to take some advice that I've been giving the congregation for the past month, right? I got to calm down. And God gave me a sense of peace. And uh, he's like, this is extra time with your son, right? Make the best of the day, right? We'll find out what Lumberton has to do this month, right? <laughs> Maybe we'll chop some lumber. I don't know. Right? But you had time with your son to, to process the, the game that went bad. You have to hang out with him. This is going to be a great story. Here we are, right? Just use this as a moment to be with your kid. And that's, that's where I was. And that, that's a God moment. That, that's an anxiety-lifting moment from Jesus. Um, it wasn't much longer before they got the power on. I think they got a generator going. And, um, we went in. Luke took his test. He got his uh, driver's license. He gave him a hand. That's awesome. <laughs> and then he drove me on his own. To IHOP to celebrate. <laughs> and I'll never forget that. It's a gift from God. In the midst of our anxiety, I know that that's a lower level than a lot of anxiety that you're going through. Some of you guys are battling illness and death and pain and separation and brokenness. But it's the same God and the same result. God can give you the calm and the sense that there's something good even in the midst of your anxiety. Cling to Jesus, brothers and sisters. Cling to Jesus. And you will win over anxiety. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. For those of you who are worshiping downstairs in our traditional sanctuary, uh, we invite you uh, to stand for your closing hymn. To those of you who are here with us in our modern sanctuary or online, uh, we're going to celebrate the gift of Holy Communion, uh, where we celebrate what Jesus did to bring us back to him.